Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of PM Talk with your hosts, Mosan and Parsa. It's the year 2030. You're at your home office in Berlin. You meet with your colleague in Toronto to go through model data architectures. You then visit your production lines in Indonesia, take a business meeting in Brazil, and have dinner with a friend in Paris, all without leaving the comfort of your own home. While this may sound implausible to some now, this is the future that is possible through XR tech. Okay, XR, if you didn't know, stands for extended reality. It's an umbrella term uh, given to an all computer generated environments and uh, that merge physical and virtual worlds together. So a lot of people may ask, what is the difference between AR and VR? Could you explain that to us, Mohsen? Um VR and XR, if reality, if the virtual reality is immersive, is completely immersive, is VR, which means that you're not seeing the real world. And But if you are seeing the real world and the virtual objects on top of it, you have AR. And that's, that's the biggest difference between AR and VR. Yeah, it seems like XR is a complete game changer. It can be used in industries, in the entertainment industry, perhaps. You could watch live music, sporting events. You could use it for marketing to engage with your consumers. You could use it for education to teach, maybe in schools. You could use it for real estate to show a potential buyer, show a house to a potential buyer or a tenant. You could also use it for remote work and many other applications. But today, we want to talk to you about one of the pioneers in the field of XR, specifically augmented reality, a company called Magic Leap. Let's talk about it. So, uh, Mohsen, could you give us a quick background on how Magic Leap came about? Yeah, sure. Um, Magic Leap in 2010 uh, has been founded by two um, pioneers, uh, Roni Abovitz and um, Brian um, Schovinger. Um, in the beginning, that was very interesting because they were producing um, uh, comic books and uh, graphic novels. And, and in 2011, apparently, they have created their first AR app. I've, I've never heard of it, but after that, probably that they just kind of got inspired to get into the business of making glasses. And it's kind of interesting. And um, they went through different series of uh, funding um, and it very successfully, they, 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 have, could, they have could have raised uh, a, a lot of money, a lot of investments uh, during these nine series. And in the last decades that we're going to talk about it later, they have raised uh, more than $3.5 billion. In the last 10 years. In the last 10 years, exactly. Yeah. So uh, what did Magic Leap go through to get to their first product? In 2011, Abovitz, um just brings his uh, friend Tamir Berlina as an Israeli uh, entrepreneur. Berlina, Mr. Berlina is, is a person who is behind Kinect, Xbox Kinect, and sold his company for to Microsoft for $350 million. <laughs> During the time, he, he, he just thought, he, did, he apparently he didn't have any idea that he, if he's going to continue and keep doing uh, interesting uh, novel things. He just wanted to go to retirement. And then uh, the call came from the Abovitz. And Abovitz mentioned that, okay, in, come to Florida because uh, he and see by yourself uh, that pixels are flying. 
So he came to Florida and then said that, okay, Abovitz has an idea of creating a glasses, of creating augmented reality glasses that is, uh, that can, um, put virtual object on top of um, real world. So um, they created an R&D center in Israel with 150 PEEP developers uh, in 2011. And Tamir was the head of this center. Uh, after some years, about 2016, 2017, they have revealed their first prototype. It was called Beast. Why it was called Beast? Because it was such a very, a, a kind of a giant augmented reality glasses. It was so heavy to wear, and but the quality was astonishing. So in the investment series, in the investors just tried that as a prototype and everyone was very interested in that product to just say that okay that's the game changing specifically in the time that 2015 was hololens has been revealed and many investors also many uh, many critics many um, investors also have looked at into the uh, hololens quality and by far the beast has way better quality than hololens so They've just looked at it and just said that, okay, if this is going to be the future, if this is the product that you're going to create, and you, as you say, you're going to make it a smaller and so everyone can buy it and everyone can comfortably wear it. So we are going to invest in it. I've heard that they acquired three startups. One was Israeli startup Northbeat Cybersecurity. Another one was a Swiss computer vision startup. Uh, it's called Dakuda. And there was another one, the Belgian one. What was it called? Yeah, exactly. Mimesis, something like oh, that. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, that's just not that there is no wonder about it because they acquired, because they have uh, funded about $3.5 billion. They had this money to acquire these uh, startups. And uh, one of these is an investor. Let's talk about the investors. One of these investors was yeah. Google, for example, or Alibaba or an AT&T. I've heard that the AT&T is an exclusive partner right now in 2018. Uh, there was also uh, Qualcomm and Anderson Horowitz, Finer Perkins. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, is, that's also very interesting that it's just uh, in the list of investors, it mentions um, something from Saudi Arabia. What is, what was that? Public investment? Yeah, of- it was the public investment fund of Saudi Arabia. It's very interesting that Saudi Arabia <laughs> investing in magic living augmented reality in America. Yeah, they have a branch. Well, they're well diversified now and they're trying to pick up on emerging technologies to increase their returns. This was very interesting, of course, with $3.5 billion for, for 10 years, I think for just, for, for magically, for just augmented reality glasses, it's just a, a kind of a hefty amount of money. You know that if, if you get this money and then put it somewhere else, just put it even buy some real estate, imagine how much money you can earn after 10 years with $3.5 million. <laughs> and they've just invested it in tech. Yeah, I think they had nine funding series throughout 10 years for the $3.5 billion. So uh, we've talked about how much they've raised. Now, tell us what they've done with it. What were the results? What did they produce? <laughs> That's a really good question. In 2017, as I mentioned, that they've revealed their uh, prototype. And then um, in 2016, they revealed the prototype piece. In 2017, they revealed the product. And as I mentioned, it's going to be the first generation of the product, Magic Leap. And uh, the price tag was $2,295. So US that was dollars. the first glasses that were available, the first product that was available to the consumers. Is that correct? Exactly. 
and also the only product, better to say. Um, it was very interesting because the tag, the price tag was so competitive because they promised in the beginning that it's going to cost less than HoloLens. So, and the HoloLens was $3,500. And, the, and this price is very much less than HoloLens. So at this time, at this point, this is a very positive point for the audience because they for the target and critics and they say that, okay, the price tag, at least, it just comes way, way lower than the uh, HoloLens. And they just they said, that, okay, probably the, the public audience, the public consumer general, consumers can also buy that. But it's a little bit far-fetched idea because uh, who really wants to buy a glasses smart? smart glasses for two thousand dollars or something you can buy a laptop with that money uh rather than glasses that is true it's a steep price for the average consumer uh what what are some of the specific physical features what differentiates magic leap with uh from hololens yeah, exactly. Whether from the con- uh, competitor, or it can be the only competitor. Because, uh, for example, Google Glasses was also available, but nobody was uh, paying attention to Google Glasses because even Google accepted that the project kind of failed. So the only available competitor was the HoloLens. So, for example, in the HoloLens first generation, two thousand fifteen, came with thirty degrees of field of view. It was very narrow. Magic Lab did it fifty degrees. So. T- 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 20 degrees more. They increase it 20 degrees more. That's, again, another positive point for them. But in 2018, 19, or something like that, can, we can say that 19, it was a mobile conference, uh, world mobile conference in Barcelona that they uh, that Microsoft revealed HoloLens 2, and it was 52 degrees field of view. It was This time, it was a negative point for Microsoft because everyone was talking about 70 degrees of point of view. And then it is, Microsoft came out to be, okay, the second generation, it is just 52 degrees. It was just a disappointment again. But in compare, but if you compare it with the VR glasses for example it's, a, it's kind of a very disappointment because in vr glasses is 110 degrees uh it's just it is not enough still it is not enough but 50 degrees is so very just low to, just to clarify it for the listeners the field of view the higher the degree the better exactly the higher the better the better quality you get Exactly, because you have you can see more object around yourself. You you feel more immersive because if you feel that you're looking through a frame or a picture frame, and then out of the picture frame you do not see anything, uh, it feels so. It, it is not immersive. You you do you at the, the after one second, after one millisecond, you're going to feel that okay, this is just a toy. This is the toy, and then I cannot do anything. This is just for is even just for children or something that. They, they they are their 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 mind is not so big or something they do not want to immerse if they or they can even just get easily be immersive or be entertained rather than adults or science fiction or just uh, something that they, you can do anything uh, something special with it so you talked about the degree of the field of view what about the quality per eye like how, how does that work yeah exactly it's just they magically said that it's the one comma three million pixels per eye refresh rate is about 120 the refresh rate is okay uh, there's no problem with that for example in the refresh rate of the uh, of the monitors for example we can if we want to compare it to the really bad uh, comparison but it's 240 for the gaming monitor but nobody just talk about the 120 hertz nobody has any problem with that because that's a good refresh rate and they can just also build up on top of it uh, the quality of the uh, the quality of the colors are okay, and the 16,8 million colors uh, projecting light field directly to users' retina is perfect. And then the quality in the beginning, the just app 
absolute a winner against HoloLens 1. I can say that because HoloLens 1 it was not a good quality, but Magic Lip in the picture quality was absolute a winner. And they mentioned that they made it over. I mean, they didn't mention that themselves, but they they just uh, in their patent mentioned that it is the technology is a stacked silicon waveguide. I'm quoting that. Uh, so I, I'm not sure what is that exactly, but whatever it is, it is definitely a winner against Hololens One, and it has eight gigabyte of RAM. And uh, in Hololens Two, for example, it was uh, with Hololens One, it was only one gigabyte of uh, two gigabyte of RAMs. And in HoloLens 2, it was uh, 4 gigabyte of RAMs, but magically put 8 gigabyte straight forward, just directly the event where 8 gigabyte of RAM, and uh, which is uh, 4 gigabytes available for applications, external applications. So, which, which means that 4 gigabyte is reserved for the operating system. So, they wanted to be sure that operating system is always running smoothly. And uh, you also have to, it's not just this that you need to buy for the hardware, you also have to buy a computer, right, to connect. And exactly, exactly. Adds He's kind of, to the costs. That's why it's so expensive for the average consumer. Yeah, but it's a little bit different because, for example, if you compare it with an iPad, is an iPad cost about uh, $1,000. And then if you need an iPad and if you want to develop on top of it, you need to buy a MacBook. And a MacBook is also but not most very people, cheap. Yeah, most people, they just buy the iPad for the iPad. They don't use it for... Developing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's the same. That's the same as story. But but the good question, the good thing is that you can also develop on Windows if you have a computer already. Yeah, anyone have a computer, so have a Windows computer, so they can develop for it. It doesn't need anything uh, special about it. So the the also the developer, if you want to talk about also software wise, uh, it also it has a SDK for Unity and it's a SDK for uh, Unreal Engine. And uh, developer, there are so many samples they have provided the developer for developers, and the developers just can kind of a bit most of it a drag and drop. They can start developing for MagicLib, and um, from that point of view, I can say that the software also works good. The software also works good. They've yeah, been I noticed it's getting a lot easier now to uh, develop for these sectors. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then, and it also, but it happened the software because they released the product in 2018. Um, and the SDK was also available in 2018, so three years after Microsoft SDK. So they also had kind of idea how the SDK should look like for the developers. That they can, they can find it intuitive. They can find it so fast that they can work with it, and they can just uh, get uh, just start uh, creating uh, wonderful experiences for audience. So how did Magic Leap handle the visualization of complex data? How did they handle that? Exactly. That's a very good question because in AR, when it comes to the AR, most of the uh, use case, most of the buzz is about visualization of the complex data. What what do we mean by complex data? For example, which means that if you have a car, you have a you have a car with millions of parts, individual parts. Yeah, the car is not a is not a toy car. It's not a car in GTA or something with, for example, forty different parts. A car that has millions different of different parts. A car that has fifty million polygons. A car that has five, six, seven million polygons. So if you want, if you need to in industry, for example, in automotive industry, they need to visualize it. Why do you need to visualize it? Because from architecture wise, from design wise, they need to inspect every angle of it. So they need to just inspect is everything correct with it. Is is the design look okay? Okay, is, the, is should they change something? If they change something, can they see the real time feedback exactly in front of themselves? 
the idea is that they are, they are doing right now, they're doing it in computer. So when they are doing it in computer, it is, yeah, they have a very fast graphics card, but they are seeing it in 2D. So they want to see it in 3D in front of themselves. For, for Okay, they're using, again, the computer, but and VR glasses. It is very typical use case in, in automotive industry, for example. But again, the something that is that lacks it is just the idea of having real life around the car, for example. So that's how this augmented reality glasses can play a major role for them. That they are going to put it exactly in real life, and they're going to they're going to just see it. So you're going to compare compare it with other real objects in the world, and they can say, okay, we need to change this part, we need to change that part. What about? Variant number two, what about just change the grill right, right now for me? I want to check it out. Does it work out for me or not? Does it? Uh, do, am I satisfied with it or not? Something like that. So that's why that means complex data. Or the complex data can be is kind of, for example, the, look at the wind direction, how the wind direction is going to affect, um, just v- visualize the particles of the wind. How does it? How does wind affect the, uh, the, the movement of car? Uh, how wind is going to escape the car? Or it's something like that. So they need to visualize it to be be able to understand the data. That's how augmented reality is important. But the question was, and getting back to your question, uh, how magically we could handle that, I can say that it was not anything better than HoloLens 1. HoloLens 1 had some kind of remote call. Magic Leap had also kind of remote call, so they can also use that remote. So they're going to the remote, which means that they're going to put it on computer and then remotely, they're going to send a visualized data on magically on Holo, on HoloLens, and they're going to just use the graphic card from the computer, and they're just a stream pixel streaming to the Magic Leap, so they're going to see that. It's not good. It's not good as much as uh, you see that real uh, native uh, processing on um, uh, on the Magic Leap, on the, on the augmented reality glasses, because sometimes it comes with a lag, but it is better than nothing. Uh, but at least, again, for, again, if, 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 if you compare it with HoloLens 1 with the first competitor, it, we can say that it just magically did a better job of handling those complex data with could developers because it uh, opened the hands of developers. It could just put more data into their apps because of thanks to this, this 4 gigabyte of extra RAM that they put into the device. So at the end of the day, it's the consumers and the developers. It's their reaction to the product that matters most. So... How have they reacted? How have the consumers and the, and the developers react to this product? Developers was kind of okay because developers said that okay is is, is another HoloLens. We can just talk. It's a very good SDK. Most of it's kind of buggy. Yes, of course, but every application is buggy. For example, this Microsoft HoloLens was also so buggy, so it was not a big deal for developers. But for the critics, that they and, have just and just uh, to clarify, they also uh, they also employed or they utilized Unreal Engine and Unity, which it's more common for developers to use, right? It's simpler exactly, for exactly, developers to exactly. use. Actually, they are, they, 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 these are two engines that I can say that they are the engines, I can say that. I mean, both the most of them. popular. <laughs> yeah, the most popular engines, I can say that, because um, there, there is no other engine that they can compete with. These two are top of the world. So that's why they picked these two, because there is, there doesn't make any sense to just put it in any other engine. That this, from the critic point of view, was not, they have, it, it was not perceived very well, because, because uh, I, I'm not, nobody knows why exactly, but... Everyone also agreed that it's better than HoloLens 1. But uh, it was a disappointment. It was such a big disappointment because there was a big difference between the bees, the first prototype that they showed the, uh, they showed the critics and investors, and the first product, uh, product that they've just revealed. 
it just it kind of they shock the investors kind of shock hey man are you what are you talking about this is something completely different that you're just giving us you just showed us something else and then now you're giving us you're giving a product it's, it's kind of different it is a smaller but the quality is not enough so that's why they just kind of at that moment a kind of media a kind of uh i can say that they just looked at magically behind kind of a very skeptical glasses they just they didn't look at them very well anymore they just didn't took them very seriously it's just just not because of the, also the product because also something that many people for example also uh, for example berlino mentioned that uh, berlino mentioned that the product was perfect i mean in in his eyes he said that he's an entrepreneur so when he said that the product is awesome which means that an engineer said that the product is awesome and he was very proud of that what they have created but the problem was that they he said that i'm not sure and then i'm quoting exactly i'm not sure what marketing department was promised i mean the problem is that marketing department sh- promise so many things promise investors promise critics and just critics so much buzz about the product and he said that okay it's going to do that it's going to do this it's going to do that so many rumors and and then propagated so many rumors and then the final product came and then there was something different yeah i think you should talk about the marketing department's situation and how they reacted to this how they chose to tackle this product it's an interesting story yeah, exactly. As I, as I mentioned, that the marketing department did. A, I can say that it did. It was a typical um, Silicon Valley marketing department. Uh, it's just they created the buzz, so much buzz around the product that this product is going to be revolutionary. That this product, or another thing, for example, there was a moment that I've just read something about it. That just there was a moment about with investors that they wanted in the funding series that they wanted to show it. Okay how good the picture quality is. They provided a picture video that they said that they have captured that on, on, on the beast. On that video, nobody noticed in the beginning, but after that, it, was, it has been revealed that the video has been edited. I mean, imagine if the marketing department is going to do, it's going to use a video editing video app application and it's, for exa- and it's going to, for example, do some after effect on it and then make it a little bit better. And then it's going to just say, okay, this is going to be on the magic leap. So what they promised, uh, what they promised Magic Leap was going to be was just video editing. It wasn't actually what Magic Leap was going to be. Exactly, exactly. And it isn't okay if the Magic Leap is going to be that video, is going to pr- pr- provide that picture quality. It's going to be, oh my gosh, I'm going to invest in this product. Uh, but it just, the, from engineer point of view, there was not matched with the with the R and D department. They did not know exactly what the R and D department is pr- pr- working on. And then what they are going to produce? Because Berlina said that I'm the head of I was the head of the R and D department in Israel, and I can sure that I'm, we are all proud of this product because the, what we have created was also for the first generation was really good. But the the, the promise that just marketing department just made to the investors and critics it was a huge promise, and they could not deliver up to that point. Yeah, as an investor, I certainly would not be happy if that happened in one of my investors. The investors was must not have been very happy then. 
Exactly. It seems like, imagine you're, somebody shows you a video of a dinosaur or something, and then um, you are, but the product is going to be a kangaroo, for example. And then you're going to say that, okay, what I, what I want the dinosaur, I've just ordered a dinosaur, I've paid for the dinosaur, but they said, okay, it's not available, that was the video editing. So what is the current situation of Magic Leap? Like, what is the current situation of their company right now? Yeah, unfortunately not good, because um, just before, or I can say that just before, uh, or during the pandemic, uh, they had to lay off about um, uh, 1,000 employees. So that was a bad, uh, that was a very sad news. And uh, also from our How many R&D people did they have in total working yeah, for them? Yeah, 1,500. Wow, so they cut 1,000 out of 1,500. Exactly, that's a huge uh, layoff. And also uh, in the R&D, for example, from the R&D center in Israel, that just is easy. They, they have developed a product. They had to lay off um, 70 people out of, 107, out of 150. So were the, were the layoffs due to COVID-19 or was that just a catalyst for everything? That's, the, that's a really good question. But many people think that it it doesn't have to do it didn't have to do anything with COVID nineteen because anyway it's going to happen it was going to happen because uh, the the situation was very bad the situation in the company was so bad that you think this would have happened either way if there was COVID or not exactly and then it was very also uh, uh, nice of Berlina that mentioned that. Uh, it was in a way, it's a very smooth layoffs. They found an equivalent job with an equivalent salary in another companies for the for the employees. Yeah, I heard that they were nice enough to find positions for the laid off employees. Yeah, I've never heard that any company would have done the same thing. But at least they were so nice that they have just provided exactly mentioned that okay, we found this uh, position. It is exactly it has a sa- exactly same salary that you are getting here. So you need to just go there and just work there. What do you think is the reason that magically c- could not successfully have a product so far, have a good product? Yeah, exactly. The, the, the problem is that after ten years, three comma half billion dollars. Hey, man, you just uh, produce one product. It's not worth it. I mean, if you are looking for, you, they should have at least just provided the second generation with these amount of money. I mean, they, they were kind of inefficiencies or what exactly, where did exactly this money goes? Because I've also heard, read that they, for example, one of their, they they have an they had an office in Seattle and they. The the landlord for the for their office sued them that they they couldn't that because they didn't pay the rent for the office. I mean, oh man! I mean, they have raised three and a half billion dollars. Where exactly is spend this amount of money? This is amount of money that you cannot even have it in cash because it's so big that it's going to you need to have a log. Uh, you need to have a very warehouse to keep that money. And imagine how they could burn this amount of money uh, per, uh, per per minutes per second or how much they are burning that they could not even pay the rent of a small office in Seattle. Yeah, so uh, what about their competitors? How much have how much have their competitors managed to sell? <laughs> That's a good question because, um, for example, in the beginning, Microsoft mentioned that uh, they are going to, they're targeting about 100,000 units. They're going to just sell. And it and for the Hololens one, and after three years, they could sell about fifty thousand, uh, roughly. Uh, they didn't mention exact numbers. They mentioned about fifty thousand. We do not know if it is forty-five. It is forty. They mentioned fifty thousand, roughly. They have never just uh, uh, released as exactly how many units they have um, sold. 
But on the Magic Leap side, they have mentioned, Robbie Abbott has mentioned how many, uh, they have asked, critics asked, okay, how many units do you think that you're going to sell the first generation? And Abbott has mentioned, okay, we are targeting 1 million devices. Okay, 1 million units. And after some year, after one year, they mentioned, okay, how many units? And then he said, okay, we're probably uh, talking about t- uh, about 100,000 units. And it turns out to be just 6,000 units. So they have just uh, sold 6,000 units out of their expectation. So imagine that these qu- question and answers, they are going to be they are going to be only for investors. Because for example, I'm the one who is going to imagine if I'm the investor, I'm going to just invest in this company. And somebody asked the, inv- uh, somebody asked the founder and also the CEO, how much you're going to uh, expect to sell? And there is going to sell that 1 million units. I'm going to just get a warm hearting news for me because I'm going, okay, I'm going to just put 2 million more into this company. And then it turns out to be the 6,000 unit at the end. It's just a very um, heartbreaking. Yeah, certainly. Uh- what about their I heard there was this thing going on with their employee from China. I forgot his name, Z Chi. I believe. Yeah, exactly. Um it was uh, it was a former employee of Magic Leap and um it turns out to be that after he he left the company, he started a, a startup in China yeah, and in he went two to years, China. yeah, in two years, because he's a Chinese person, is two years with only 100, 100 people, he created a augmented reality glasses and called it Unreal. And um, we do not know how much did it cost, uh, but in only two years and 100 developers, he could create a a brand in real and with the first generation of the product, uh, augmented reality glasses. Apparently it was very similar to the Magic Leap product. It kind of. The Magic yeah, Leap. exactly. That's why. That's why the Magic Leap uh, sued in real because they said that, okay, these former employees, how could this person, after two years with 100 people, just only 100 people, could create something similar to Magic Leap? How is it possible on Earth? Yeah, and it took Magic Leap 10 years and three and a half billion, in addition to highly skilled employees. Exactly. But it was kind of, again, political, uh, politically was kind of not very a uh, right moment because it was that time that uh, Trump was uh, just accusing Chinese companies that were stealing IPs, American IPs. And uh, it was not a good time. And also the judge in Florida that didn't took it very seriously because he said that, okay, Magic Leap, you say that, they have stole, they have stole something from you. Can you provide something? Um, can you provide an evidence that they have uh, that they they have done that? They have uh, they have stole something like this from your company, but they couldn't bring any evidence for it. So the magic uh, the, the court just uh, just closed the case. The judge was so nice to Magic Leap and they said that okay, in case anything any evidence they could find, they can also open the case again. But they couldn't open the case again because there was no evidence. It's uh, interesting with uh, President Trump accusing Chinese companies for stealing American tech. It's very interesting that this happens at the same time, around the same time. Yeah, that that was kind of maybe Abovitz thought that maybe he can use this uh, situation and he can just uh, accuse the other company just and get some money from the Unreal, for example, but uh, he couldn't do that. Yeah, hopefully the future leaders in the company have a better understanding of tackling these issues facing magically because uh they are they're now going you do you think they'll be getting bought out by another company soon anytime soon yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i i'm not sure because there was they are trying to be 
to be bought. That's very interesting. They are trying to sell themselves to bigger companies. Yeah, that's the thing because companies like companies like Google or Microsoft, they're sitting on a lot of cash or Apple even, they're sitting on a lot of cash and they have the ability to invest in these companies with and take the huge losses. But a small company like Magic Leap alone, they cannot take these losses because they can't they cannot stay afloat. That's why they had to like fire so many people, lay lay them off. I absolutely agree because they thought in the beginning that they can produce uh, augmented reality glasses as a startup. Uh, but they, then they realized that it is kind of possible, but they need time. They need development time. They need R&D time. And then how they can buy the time, they thought that, okay, they're going to sell the first units. For example, 1 million, uh, 1 million units are going to sell the first generation. And they're going to get this amount of money that they can invest it again in R&D and then produce the second generation of glasses. But it didn't happen. And that's why in, in, in the other companies, when you compare it, for example, for Apple, for Microsoft, for example, on HoloLens, for example, for Microsoft, HoloLens also were not successful. Also, the second generation is a kind of disaster. But uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter for Microsoft. It just kind of a small money for Microsoft. Even in, if Microsoft, if HoloLens cannot even pay its R&D cost for the next 10 years, doesn't matter for Microsoft. Microsoft is going to say that, okay, I'm going to invest it for the future. Doesn't matter. And maybe in the next 50 years, they're going to create a revolutionary stuff. Doesn't matter. I can. I have many cash cows. I have, I have Windows. I have Office Packet. I have uh, Azure um, Cloud. It doesn't matter. They are selling it so good that we, we, do not know, we do not want this product to be profitable. We can just keep them on for the future. And but the magic lab is so small; it doesn't have any other product. They were just producing novel books, man. So uh, they didn't have any product. So they had the, the only product, the solely product of the, this uh, startup should be and must be a, a, a success of the first generation. But it didn't happen. On the other hand, for example, that's why they want this 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 R and D budget from Facebook, the R and D budget from Apple, the R and D budget from Microsoft. There's a huge amount of money. And the money is the money that they are not. The boss is not going to get back. He's going to knock on the door. Hey, where is my money? Where, where, what did you have? What, what happened to my money? They said that okay. What do you need? Do you what? Do you need the stuff? Do you need hardware? Do you need a software? Do you need developers? Just tell me. I'm going to provide it for you. I'm going to just pay them. They're going to uh, pay them development time, and you're going to just use them. They're not going to ask about what did you do with that stuff. They're going to just okay, just keep calm and just working on the product. So do you see a, a buyout, a potential buyout anytime in the near future for Magic Leap? I don't think so because the, from Google and Apple, at least uh, it, it, they were in the news that they visited the company, but they visited the company, their financial situation, they studied their financial situation, but it didn't happen that they want to buy the company because they said that this company is, down, is, a, is in a downfall. And is the product is not so promising that it that worth four comma five five billion dollars. The price tag for the company is also so much money. And they said that okay, no, we are just out because, for example, Google has said that okay, we have our AR core platform, and still we have also as one kind of generation, also not successful augmented reality glasses. And the Apple said that, okay, we have AR kits and then we, have, we were very successful in this business. And also we are working on, allegedly, working on these Apple glasses that is coming in the next two years or something. And 
we do not need this magic lip. This magic lip doesn't bring us anything at this time. And the Microsoft, of course, their Microsoft is clear competitors. Microsoft doesn't doesn't want to buy magic lip uh, because of in favor of uh, um, Hololens because Microsoft event does not consider magic lip as a as a competitor because they said that okay they are not they cannot compete us why they cannot compete us because they are not enough completely, capital uh, yeah exactly not enough capital also they're from software wise they're kind of a little bit out of industry it's difficult for a company for example like an automotive company for example bmb to just make a product make a contract with magically because it's going to be a single contract and also how software is integrated in the, in, the, in the infrastructure of the company. But on the other side, when you compare it with Microsoft HoloLens, you say that, okay, the HoloLens is, a, is on top of the Windows. And also this Windows, for example, is connected to the Active Directory that they, for example, BMW can use. So for example, each employee can sign into the HoloLens with his ID and password that is getting, that is using it on BMW computers. So it is completely connected. So, but on the other side, on the other side, Magic Lib is not the same. Also, you can't say that, for example, for HoloLens, it's very easier to be to be sold to other companies, to big companies, because it can be a part of contract on top of a contract uh, that they already have. They have every giant industry. All I can say that all of them, for sure, all of the uh, Fortune 500 have contract with Microsoft. They have Office packets. They have, um, of course, rather than Apple and Google, they have Office packets. They have uh, Windows packets. They have Active Directory packets. They have Azure packets. So they are going to just sell this close, sell this contract, sell this HoloLens contract close to other contract that they have. For example, in the Defense Department, that was the contract with Microsoft that worth billions of dollars. There was the same uh, idea. They sold their Azure first to uh, uh, to the Defense Department for ten billion dollars or something. Uh, that uh, Amazon after that sued them. That they said that there is something there is something suspicious happened, <laughs> and then uh, then then they they could sell because of the Azure. They could sell. Okay, now we are going to provide um, Defense Department for uh, with uh, one hundred thousand units of Hololens two uh, for four hundred and eighty million dollars. Uh, so they could just be successfully just a sneak through the defense defense department of the big contract. That's just Azure is a very good product. It's a good complete product that can that is uh, this is just very just, they have been very successful. And now uh, they could just uh, not just they could get the contract of ten billion dollars. They could on top of it they could also as a cherry on top they could also sell four hundred and eighty million dollars just to hold the hold Yeah, certainly. There's also always the worry of competitors from China, like Enrio, potentially reaching a better product, making a better product eventually. Yeah, eventually, but uh, into into the now uh, today's uh, nowadays uh, it doesn't matter because uh, even um, Huawei, for example, just is a, a bit of a very cheap price can do five G, but uh, they are banned from Western world at least. That they cannot work. So no matter how Unreal is going to be good, because it's a Chinese company, I, I, I don't think so. They are going to find any way. They're going to find any ways, at least under the current uh, administration. Yeah, maybe not in the current environment. Yeah, in the Western, uh, have a little bit. I mean, I'm not defending the current administration, but a little bit also, I'm a skeptical <laughs> because. Uh, 
imagine if Huawei, okay, the headquarters is in China, and then they have 5G, and they're going to build it for the Western world. And if China wants to spy on every country, it is just completely easy for them because the Huawei is already in China. And then it's a little bit suspicious as well. Don't you think so? Yeah. The, many products already are made in China, all the important tech products. So they have certainly, they could find a way to use those. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but at least we are trusting the standard of the Apple or a standard of Microsoft or a standard of the Google. And they say that, okay, although the, the product, the, 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 for example, all the Samsung Galaxies or something, they're just made in, uh, um, made in China, uh, but at least the software-wise, they're just made in South Korea or something or, or um, made in uh, Silicon Valley or made in somewhere else, a Western country. But it is kind of a little bit suspicious as well. But it has never been an issue under Obama administration. I'm not sure, but <laughs> and 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 there, there was also no news about hacking or leaking. Uh, but in this administration, there has been always uh, the idea that uh, China is, is that is spying and is trying to find ways to spy on uh, Western countries. Yeah, I just find that these two countries, China and the U.S. and the EU, they're all so in- interconnected right now that. It's not easy to break this connection because all these businesses have been set up on this partnership. We can't just break this. So we talked about the price of this for the consumers and how expensive Magic Leap is for the average consumer. Why can't why can't they just use phones? Because from what I from what I understand on iPhones you can use AR. Is isn't that true? Exactly, exactly. For for an AR core, there is also AR core and AR kit platforms, SDK platform for both types of uh, phones, smartphones, and so for Android side and for... exactly, exactly Android, Android and uh, Apple. Both of them have the SDKs, and they can use them to to develop augmented reality experiences, of course. And the quality also, for example, on Apple devices is just magnificent. I can say that it's magnificent because they have a very good CPU, and it is so optimized. Again, I do not want to use optimize this uh, this uh, this uh, this kind of a cliche uh, cliche word for the Apple devices that their Apple devices are optimized. But at least I can say that is they they did a way better job than AR core even in this case the Apple devices. It is absolute gorgeous the experience of AR on Apple devices on iPhone devices, especially on and better because on better CPUs, not on iPhone six, iPhone seven, but on for example iPhone eleven Pro or something. It's going to because of a CPU AR A thirteen Bionic is just really good. Experience is really good because and then um, you have different kind of capabilities. For example, if a person, for example, comes comes in in, in front of the gla- comes in front of the experience in front of the phone camera phone you are going to see for example your digital object behind this behind the person if the person is closer than uh, the, the 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 digital object to the camera that that's a huge deal and for example on uh, on, on the magic leap side was not the case if somebody comes into the experiences both of them are going to be together you're going to just uh, it's not going to interrupt your digital experience you see the digital object is still on top of the on top of the for example people's head head if the people's head just comes into the picture in one second and goes another second so it's good is is not a good is not a good experience that much as you can get a ar experience on apple devices that's a good that's a good question because because in smartphones uh, just uh, is in smartphones because everyone have them it, and also they are in budget prices everyone can afford them Okay, 
uh, it is a wide, it is a very, it's a massive platform that you can build AR on top of it. And you can sell the AR product to, uh, to consumers because they do not have to buy another glasses, buy another devices that is just made specifically for augmented reality. So, it, it, for example, if you think that how industry is going to use this AR kit and AR core, it's just, of course, they can, they can, they have already created experiences on both, um, both platforms, but industry doesn't want to get interrupted. Industry wants to work hands free. Industry doesn't want to just, just be two hands or one hand just just get a huge tablet like a, a iPad Pro or something and then just in front of itself and just look at the experience. It wants the hands-free experience. So the idea of hands-free is a huge deal in industry, even if it's not, if it's not the case for uh, consumers. Have you seen the LiDAR sensors? What do you know about those behind the iPads? Exactly, that was a huge deal for the iPad because they were just the first product that they've just integrated the LiDAR sensors in themselves. That's a huge, why? <laughs> because there is no other use case for the LiDAR sensor on Apple iPad except for augmented reality. That's very interesting. So they specifically put the focus on augmented reality glasses. And there is also on when you want to buy the iPad, there is no other option that you can say that, okay, I want an iPad without LiDAR sensor. You need, you have to buy an iPad with, uh, with LiDAR sensor. And that's a huge deal. That means Apple for another time is defining the industry that the LiDAR, that the augmented reality is going over and is going to stay. So that means they are they have invested on it. They are working on it, and they want to push this augmented reality further. They do not have VR, but they have a really good AR uh, platform, and that is this lidar sensor, which is because right now is just through the camera. This Hololens, this magically works through the camera. Based on the camera pictures, they can understand the distance, they can understand the depths. And they can make a 3D mesh, uh, 3D, uh, they can the 3D mesh of the ob- object in digital world. So, um, but LiDAR sensor doesn't do that. LiDAR sensor, because it's a sensor, is a, is, a, is a trace that is coming from the LiDAR sensor and just touching the object and getting back to the sensor. So it just understand how exactly, the, for example, a, a table is away from the camera. So the, the camera doesn't have to work to understand that based on the computer vision. But the idea, the data is already provided by the LiDAR sensor. And that's, again, another huge deal because that means the CPU doesn't have to work to calculate the stuff anymore, to calculate the distance anymore, because the LiDAR sensor is already providing them for the, for the, uh, for the application. So it is exact. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what do you think about the Apple glasses? Do you think they're in... Apple is working on them right now? Like, do you think Apple has a design potentially? They, they definitely are working on it. They have been working on it, but they are waiting for a moment that they are going to make a, make a perfect product that everyone can buy it and everyone can use it and is user intuitive completely. Experience is going to be perfect on it. So they are working on it and they are also, as I've heard, it is going to be something like an Apple Watch. So, which means in the beginning, Apple Watch was not independent. Apple, Apple Watch was dependent on iPhone. You could not buy Apple Watch. It was not working without an iPhone. 
it is going to be the same scenario for the Apple for the Apple glasses. It's going to be an iPhone and it's going to be an Apple Apple um, glasses that the, the the whole idea, the whole uh, calculations is going to happen on the on, on a, a powerful iPhone CPU, and they are going to get the picture in the Apple glasses. It's going to be transmitted. How they are going to picture is going to transmit it is going to be through Bluetooth, and how Bluetooth can support the amount of refresh rates, I do not know, but it's going to translate. Translate, uh, transmit to the glasses and on the glasses you can see that for example on the glasses they can just integrate microphones so they don't you don't need to use your iphone anymore on um yeah you, you it can be microphone it can be a speakers for example or it doesn't have to be a speakers because they can still match it with their uh match it with their airpods and um you, you have a complete setup and it's just going to that's a missing um puzzle piece a puzzle piece from the apple ecosystem so if you have the iphone if you have the if you have the apple watch and if you have the airpods you need something in front of your eyes you do not want to use your iphone and the apple glasses they're saying that it is going to be usage of iphone which means that you want to for example you have a message app you have an apple map you can open it on your uh, you can open for example your whatsapp on your apple glasses and see it or you can see the ar ar content and ar application on the apple glasses again i i'm not sure it's going to be uh, anything like for industry or if they are targeting industry but as i've heard that the price tag is going to be very low because there is no cpu in it so it's going to be about $500 or something. Yeah, and Google tried the glasses and it didn't really catch on. So I think Apple's waiting out to get a better product for bringing it to the to the market. It's a very important is a very important step because they need to nail it and they want to put so much advertising on it. So they want to invest a lot on it. So that means it's going they they want to have a platform that you're going to build upon on top of it like Iva, like an apple watch that they have just created it and then they invested lots uh, invested lots of on it and now fifth generation fourth generation i just lost the generation number and uh, they've just created out of it and now it's just way way more better faster bigger whatever you can say it's just a complete watch right now and then it's going to be the same story for apple glasses in the beginning it's just it's, it's not that good but it's usable but then it's going to be a second, third, fourth, fifth generation is going to be faster, better, bigger, with a bigger, with a better field of view, and it's going to be more consumer friendly. We are running out of time now. This was officially our first episode, and we talked about XR, AR, and Magic Leap. I hope uh, Magic Leap can overcome the many obstacles in our path and eventually come out on top. I'm Parsa. And I'm Mosen. And we hope you enjoyed this as much as we do making it.